0: Bonjour and no. welcome to this week's edition of the Italian Rugby Report. Uh with me this week is uh Jim, how are you mate?
1: I wasn't going to do one, man. I was not going to do a podcast during the autumn series. Uh you know, because people would be a bit sick of us, sick of hearing what we got to say, but there's no way I could let that shit occur without coming on here and telling you what I thought. And that was absolute shit from the top down, grade A sludge.
0: Good. How are you? Yeah, fantastic, and ciao, ciao, Black. Uh, how are you, mate? You good? What the fuck's this ciao shit?
2: it's just you? won a cricket World Cup and wants wants to let us know what it feels like to be successful. Not but a- I'm here to talk. I'm here to talk women's no, World no, no. Cup final.
0: Excuse me, buongiorno and ciao. That's my Italian. I'm out. I'm after that. I'm, I'm all done after my Italian language. But I thought I'd add some form of cultural element to it. Uh, yeah, I'm more than happy. If, to talk if you're about- bragging
1: about the. T20 World Cup. You're clutching, mate. Absolute clutching if you're bragging about the
0: T20. Pass me oh, the straws. Oh, it's a
1: game of who didn't fall yeah. over. Pass me who the saw- straws. It's
0: literally la- who didn't fall over. Mate, pass me the straws. I clutch away, mate. Pass me the straws, mate. Double you lost to Ireland. South Africa lost to Netherlands. The sport's a joke, mate. It T20. I wouldn't joke. even count that one, Richard. Where's those straws, mate? I will clutch again, boys. I'll, I'll get them there. I'll get them. Um, talking of the, the Speaking women's rugby, of World Cup, in all fairness, you did actually talk about the World Cup. And as much as um, we're going to talk about the Wallabies and rightly so shit on them and talk about Rennie and his position and a few other things, I think it would be remiss of us not to talk about the Women's World Cup, first of all, because um, irrespective of the result, and we'll get into the game, um, I just want to say I hope this is, is the dawn of a new era for, for, for rugby and women's rugby across the world, because I think that has to be the greatest World Cup final in terms of tension um, that it's probably been, um, and I think the the women put on a an, a fantastic spectacle, running rugby, set-piece play, a clash of two stars, um, and I think some stars really stood up and um, I hope it's, as I say, the start of a new era, really. What do you think, boys? I don't think you need to hope,
2: Richard. I think it is. 52,000 sellout, millions watching around the world, one of the best games of rugby I've ever seen. Um, I think it's arrived. Um, Australian rugby needs to wake up and get professional, but it was it was freaking awesome, man. That that was on a knife's edge, um, and we, you know, we'll getting to bits and pieces of the game. But there's something about the women's game um, that I just love, and I don't mean this in any condescending way. It it doesn't quite have the physicality and structure, which means it's just a beautiful sport to watch. There happen. are those offloads, There is that space. It's the men's game in the um, 80s, isn't it? It's almost anything can happen. It give us the old razzle-dazzle. Um, and, and I found myself on an edge sheet rather than sort of anticipating the box kick, then anticipating the Caterpillar and the hit-up. Um, oh, I loved it, mate. I absolutely loved it. The structures. And congratulations New Zealand, winning it at home. Absolutely brilliant. In all seriousness, though, Richard, commiserations, England, Um, because what a dogged performance with with 14 on the park. What, they won 30-something games in a row leading into the final? Um, I, I can't imagine the heartbreak.
0: Yeah, I think we, we've looked at World Cups in in previous years. You know, it's it's not always the best team, in inverted commas, that wins the major competition, but that's what we love about sport. Uh, England had gone 30 unbeaten. Um, we were growing into the tournament and playing some great rugby, but, you know, the red card, and I still stand by the fact that a red card should be off. We, you know, I've talked about that on the podcast before. Unfortunately, it was an unfortunate moment, but in a way, it brought the teams closer together and led to a, a great, great contest. Um, you must, you, you know, mate, the England team will be hurting. The coach said at the beginning of the, beginning of the toilet, Tournament, sorry, should I say, that anything other than a win is, is deemed a failure and they're competing at that level. Um, but unfortunately, it is what it is. They've got to learn from the experience. Um, but they were fantastic throughout the tournament. And, you know, the women's sport in, in England is doing great things. The women's uh, football team, you know, just recently won the European Championship. So I hope it continues to thrive because there's some there are some superstars in that team.
2: Oh, I'm nowhere, nowhere near as kind as you on the red card. Um, but I'm certainly not going to get into that rant again. Um, yeah, it's not no good in a World Cup final for something like that to happen. Nothing wrong with the 20-minute red card. But anyway, I digress.
0: Yeah, we don't want to talk about that because, as I said, the spectacle itself and the physicality that you talked about maybe would be a little bit different, but it's still at a high level. The game is evolving, but the core skill sets, you know, um, the kick chase, the passing, the, the looking for space, it's great. I really enjoyed the game. Jim, what did you think?
1: Didn't catch it, mate. Didn't catch it. Oh. Yeah.
0: You should. Yeah, it's a good one. It. Yeah, it was a good one, actually. Watch the, watch the highlights, man. It's a great game, you know. Um, my one comment would be just at the end, it was a shame that the, the, the crescendo of the final light out, we all know knew it was going to the front. So did the other all black uh, jumper. It was a shame we couldn't just trundle over in that last uh, last minute. But um, uh, well done for the whole Change of
2: Justin Harrison, mate.
0: It was that line series, wasn't it, where he knew, everybody knew where it was going. Uh, but kudos to us for New Zealand for putting together a, tour, a fantastic tournament, and it's in England next time, so hopefully they'll build on it even more. And I really do mean this, so hopefully the next next time they do play in England in a World Cup, the Wallab- Wallaroos will be professional, and the uh, the level will, will jump up even more. And it's not just New Zealand, Canada, France, England competing for that for those final four. That they, they will start to become, you know, five, six, seven teams that start to become competitive.
2: Yeah. While, while we're being upbeat, because I'm ready to get Neg Nelly in a minute, whilst we're being upbeat, um, I know I've had my, my gripes, my Rassi Erasmus moments uh, with officiating and rapping and, and I stand by all of them. But just want to say how good of a spot World Rugby is in, in terms of, you know, the when professional in 95, it's it's taken almost 30 years, but we're there. We're team 1 to 10, Fucking close, man. Like across the board, they are competitive. Every single game, every single game is that absolute insane professional intensity. Um, and I'm loving it. Like every game's one point, two points here. Doesn't matter if you're watching Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Fiji, Italy, Australia. It's it's fucking brilliant. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving World Rugby at the moment.
0: I think that's a it's a really good point. Actually, the fact is we talk about uh, competitions. Obviously, the what makes a good competition is the product or the closeness. Again, we've talked about this several times. With the World Cup coming up, the Rugby League World Cup is pretty shit. Not because I dislike Rugby League. I do, but there, there's, there's such a disparity between the teams. You know, whereas I truly believe that in the World, World, Rugby World Cup coming up pretty soon, um, those knockout stages will be super close, and that makes a great that, that makes a great tournament. So I agree with your point point, hundred percent. Too many
2: thoughts.
1: yeah all, all to play for all to play for um yeah it is close 1 to 10 but just the only thing that leaves a question is is what 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 role does the autumn series play for us what are we trying to get out of it is it to win every game is it to improve our standings is it to develop players is it to grow experience like I think we're lost in in what we obviously we want to win every game, but it needs to have a greater purpose than just that, because it's actually, it's actually you know an we're an holding up. the will a
2: question, Jim, because I think you only got to wind the tape back five years, certainly ten years, and it was it's an experimental tour. It's it's not on prime time. No one's really catching it back home. Um, it's your t- challenge to blood your young guns. Let your old fellas get surgery if they Are need it. Are you saying that? That or was a young ago. Guns. Yeah, like have a bit of an experiment. Um, it's it's not that anymore. And I feel like Australia doesn't know what it is. I think Rennie, I almost think he thinks it's like a build the culture of the team because they seem to have a good culture. But I think, fuck, all of that. Mate, it's the digital world. Everyone watches every minute of this in the exact same way they watch a home game if they're a Wallaby fan. We expect to win. There's no building. Um I, I it's a great question. And I, I think maybe there is still an el- element of experimentation or culture building. Um and, and I'm here to say it's not that's not good enough for this wallaby fan. Because it's under 12 months away, right? Yeah, I, I'm I don't care. Like I'm I'm so over it, the World Cup rhetoric. Don't get me wrong, all is forgiven if we lift if we lift Bill, but it's not gonna happen. Um <laughs> Oh, I- that's
1: not no what I'm saying is it's under twelve months why are you wasting precious minutes with that team selection
2: yeah it's it's inexcusable isn't it it's- be,
1: because the 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 weight on the conscience the memory it stings man and if we come up against Italy in some pool match which I know I don't think we are but still there's an element of us that that now exists that's doubtful that we will yeah work. and they there's
2: grow another way out there so now you deal with that beast
0: so i would i would say two points to your question i think first of all i'm surprised you said that 10 years ago because i remember going to Twickenham up 10 over 10 years ago when i lived in london and and i always thought the wallages brought a very strong team down so i'm surprised that you mentioned that but you know more than what i do at that point point. and i ask your question jim i think this week is an, an anomaly Australia are doing something really hard at the moment. They're playing five back to in five weekends back to back against some of the best teams in the Northern Hemisphere. And I think this weekend, basically, there was an opportunity that they this was going to be the weakest team that they were going to play. And so, therefore, they went into the game thinking that if they put a second string team in inverted commas into the game, that they would still be able to get out away with a win, um, resting um, enough of the stars. Um, Leading forward into obviously next week's game, um, which is uh, against Ireland, which is obviously something that everyone's looking forward to. So I think this week is an anomaly because, as I said, they're trying to rest after playing Scotland and France. I don't, don't,
2: it's not good enough for me. I, I understand that's definitely the methodology. Yeah. But I'm saying, fuck off with that methodology. Yeah. We aren't good enough to have that. We're not the All Blacks.
0: So I would agree with that, and my, my point was going to be is that moving forward, I think Australia have chopped and changed the team so much over the last 12 to, to 24 months for a variety of reasons. Injury, um, change the of play. Man, you ready?
2: You ready? Yep. We have played the same team um, on successive weeks on three occasions in the last 100 games mm-hmm. of international rugby.
0: Now, that's a crazy stat. And I think I would like to, I know I'm the stats fanator, but I'd like to know a little bit more about it because I think if, I, if, um, if the 9 and 10, the two second rows or the back row, or even maybe the, the, the two props were the same, Okay. To, you know, build cohesion, build continuity. And there would have been a change maybe in the back three as in the, the the two wingers, or there may have been an issue, you know, like you change someone every now and again, I think I could have uh, understood that because you want to build a squad. However, the problem is there's been too many chopping and changes of every position. So therefore the continuity is just non-existent. And with a year away or less than a year away, it's kind of like you need to stick and pick, um, because otherwise, you're not going to get that fluidity. You're not sorry that continuity. You're not going to know how you're going to react in a in a game situation. Because if you play Ireland this week and you play your best team, you have to play it. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. You have to play the same team, injuries allowing, the week after about against Wales. Because you need to get into that flow. You need to know what your best fifteen is. Obviously, I know Karevi's in that best yeah, fifteen. But... I mean,
2: it's just going to be just passion and agreement between all of us. Um, but I guess just to pile on on that point, it, it's it's totally inexcusable. It's ridiculously arrogant. Um, there's one or two injuries. Well, they're, they're your replacements. That's what a squad's for. It's not a fucking experiment. It's the international jersey. We have Super Rugby for that shit. We have Australia A. We've been real be- rebuilt this program. I don't care if we're interested to see if they're good enough. Are they the best player in that position? We'll then pick them if they're fit. End of discussion. We are not good enough to do otherwise. Now, when it comes to rotating the squad in, how at that level can you not know about cohesion? If you want to give Marky Mark minutes because um, he deserved it because he played well for Australia, we'll make him your one replacement. So there's a continuity across the rest of the team. And then he will actually get a chance to shine in a team that's functioning rather than throw 11 of them in like lambs to the wolves. They play like shit. We all take the red pen out and cross their names off and say they're not not up to it. We set these kids up for failure. Uh, And what's worse than that, these kids won the fucking under-20s. The heap of them, McWright, Donaldson, Marky Mark, go through the team, a heap of them. And that was because they were a, a cohesive squad. Now we just chuck them in, let them learn a culture of losing. Um, it's just simply not good enough for me. And, and full credit to Italy. The fullback was fucking sensational. Digby Iwani's nephew on the wing. Ripping Italy was sensational. They got up for this one. More power to them. But for me, it, it reeks of arrogance. It reeks of a, a misbelief of our glory days um, and and a sheer ignorance of, of cohesion. But who wouldn't know that?
0: I think the Um, thing is just, last thing, if you look at Australian cricket in the, and you've said this before, so I'm stealing your thunder. If you look at Australian cricket, circa 2000s, and you look at New Zealand rugby in circa 2015, maybe, You had the core of a team and it stayed the same the entire time, and you drip fed players in so they came into a successful, operating, well functioning system that they could feed in. They knew the identity of what and how the team was going to play. And unfortunately, not only selection, but I think Rennie has to answer some questions about what is the identity? Yes, you're all mates off the pitch, there is a good culture in there, but what is the identity of the Australian team right now? So when you're coming in, do you know what the expectation is? Do you know how you're going to pr- apply, in inverted commas, the Australian way? What is that? And I'm not sure everybody is on the same page. There's
1: right? no one asking. There's no one asking, no one asking the cutting-edge questions where pressure is then applied to him. And I'm talking outside of the building. The, the, hmm. There's no journalist that everyone knows about who goes to the press conference and asks the tough questions about why is your team regressing so badly?
2: Or, or, or like, why? Could it put him shit on the discipline and so dumb running hmm. it in their own terms too. That's the shit that does my head in.
0: But that comes that identity, that decision making. What are you wanting to? What? What? What are? You, how are you wanting to play? Are you wanting to play test match footy? possession, kick corners. We want to win. We want to build a, you know, let's win five, six, seven in a row. Let's do that. So we get that winning culture within it. We talk about keep using that. But unfortunately, it just changes from week to week. And I just think as a player coming in, that's going to be so hard, not only from a cohesion, from the player that stood inside and out of you, but also how are we going to play? Are we going to kick territory this week? Are we going to try and run it this week? What are we doing? What does it mean to play Australian rugby? All right.
2: Jim, you're a selector. yeah. You're your selector, right? You're in there. You're in the meeting with McKellar and Rennie. i mean there. You and I, you and I are both love a footy flying. A bit of Brumby love there. At right? the Brumbies, he can throw it into a line out, right? Sensational. Just chuck it in, no dramas. Wallaby jersey cannot do it to save his fucking life. How much longer do you put up with it?
1: Well, at this point, when you look at it, he hasn't been able to do it for such a long time. He's been consistently inconsistent as they say, that they are lying to themselves and they've backed this horse way too far into the journey that they cannot turn around now.
2: So can They're I too... say you're advocating
1: for Tololato? No, I'm not advocating for Lato. <laughs> I don't think that changes just anything. Put- I <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a shift of discipline if he's there. Um, look, I just think they've backed themselves into the corner. And look, I'm not across the talent around the States about whether or not he was the best option at the best time, but they're the one that they've invested in. And when people in ride out their investments, they're very, very, very reluctant to admit that they're wrong, which is why people just stay in these positions for so fucking long, man.
2: Or, or even someone like Ride on the Wing, who I think at times has been our best. I don't think he head.
1: holds up under pressure. I think you're right. Absolutely brilliant. When there's pressure on, he fucks up. Yeah, but He's h- the first.
2: H- how long do you tolerate mistakes? Because we all know at Test Rugby, talking about the professional era, how close one to 10 is. These days, it's not who's better it's Who make less, who makes less mistakes and gives away less penalties. So that's I, I, the formula to
0: win. So I just, I just talk about England, England cricket, okay? uh, the test match team a couple of years ago. Uh, they were so afraid to make mistakes because they knew that they were in one week and out the other, the Test match team. And it was during the COVID time where England thought they were doing well, they were trying to rest players and there was constant fluidity in the team. And the problem was no one knew that it was their position and they didn't feel secure in their position to play with freedom and to be positive and aggressive and stuff like that because they knew for whatever reason they were going to be out the following week. And I feel like some of these Australian players feel like that, and they do make mistakes a lot of the time. But is that, and nobody will ever know, is that because they've got that fear of, of you know, thinking that their, their place is not secure, that they could be out of the team next week, and they're always going to be questioning I, I, that. I quite don't know. like your
2: point. I read it as there's not enough fear. Mm. They don't get dropped for fucking around. Maybe. that's my problem. Like, you flick past it in the 22 and you've got a shit haircut, you're definitely not playing for the Wallabies next week.
0: (laughs) The shit haircut. (laughs) I I want some of that.
2: (laughs) I want some of that. I'd be like
1: know. chauffeur at the stadium, straight to the airport. You got a whole long, lonesome flight to think yeah, about it, and
2: and would we'll tell the media you've done your ACL, so you don't have to answer any questions. <laughs> I'm protecting you there, but you fucking have a hard think about it because that was shit. Else. Yeah. Don't you dare flick past it in your own 22. If it comes off, Just to,
1: never yeah, speak to it, them. Never speak to them. Just they come <laughs> off the field. Someone takes them the other way. Yeah, just jump into this van. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you sure you check check media. social media. Excuse for personal reasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's back. Just, just like just, old Yeller. Yeah, excuse me, Joe Bloggs, whatever your name is. Just, just wondered, you did your ACL last week, but you've come back this week with a new haircut. Is there any correlation between the two? Is that why you got dropped? Yeah. Surely um, someone will get it.
2: I'm all for it. Just a bit of fucking, a bit of. I mean, devil's advocate, though, and and I stand by everything we've said. I'd even go harder. Devil's advocate, though, we. You know, beat Italy by one point, we beat France by one point, we beat New Zealand by one point, we beat England by one point. All of those games we lost by one point, which is insane if you just think about this season. We literally would have knocked over everyone in the top 10. We lost all of those games by one point. Is it all different? The turn of a coin, you know, the ref doesn't say time wasting. Donaldson's kick goes over. Um, the France get red carded for the high shot in the ruck before. All of you know, those one second things in the 79th minute change are we sitting here saying, fucking Ranny
0: how you cool, can get the guitar. You can't you can't run that argument that if one thing, one flip of the coin changes, because then something else has to everything else changes. Foley kicks the ball out in that New Zealand game. What's the judge if flower doesn't throw it straight or it gets nicked off? You have no idea. You, you can't predict what you can't predict what actually happens. Speaking of that
2: flower throw just
0: was straight.
2: I cannot cop that that just all of a sudden in the 79th minute, the fuck you're one degree out, but not straight. 60th minute, you just peg it to your halfback player. On I just, those things do my head in. But anyway, drop him. I still want him dropped, but I <laughs> think it was harsh. I thought that final call was harsh. Um, yeah, right. Well, really quickly, boys, what do you think? South Africa, or France?
0: Uh, I think Wayne Barnes is getting a lot of shit that he doesn't deserve at the moment. I think he's one of the best uh, referees around at the moment. And uh, I think he's. Th- you know, it's been a prisoner at the moment. Everyone's just piling in on him, not doing a great job. And I felt a bit awesh for him, really. There were some it's mistakes.
2: But no good, are they? No,
0: there, no were some, there were some mistakes, I think. There's some decisions, but to, to pile on him as much as they have, I'm a bit, bit disappointed. Uh, Fraud's continued to, to do well. Um, you know, do I think they're playing at their full potential right at this moment in time? No, I still think there's room for growth. Uh, great game of rugby there, let's be honest. Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not as confident
1: on their, uh, their show-up on this World Cup coming in. No, I was actually going to
0: ask that
2: question. I'll oh, ask you then, Jim. I who's reckon a few people have
1: got their number. A few people have their numbers
2: here. Honestly, got, gun to your head, who's the best team in the world? Ireland, France, South Africa, New Zealand. I mean, they're the top dogs and then probably rung behind England. And then, and then
1: I, run behind. I think you've got I think got to go Ireland here. But I think New Zealand are playing a well-paced campaign they're coming into a stride a bit but still not playing their best rugby I feel like France are regressing a little bit I mean their game is exactly the same as we were seeing two years ago when they came down here really good out over the ball from one to 15 love the broken play set pieces solid well, but, um, there's, they there's
2: play that, mistake-free it. football. They do not run the ball in their own half. Yeah. They just they just don't do it. They just play it entirely in your half. They're that definition. They're the anti-wallabies.
1: But I always think that's a trick. If you know exactly what they're going to do in one of the phases of the game, you can work with that. You can now rely on that. It's the sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. The, um, the unpredictable makes it hard for teams to sort of plan and counter against, but because you know they do, you can just play the kicking game with them. They're one well, of the back you're three. You telling
2: me, Jim? You Island one, New Zealand two, France three, South Africa four. That's
1: that's where I'm. Leaning. That's
0: Jim's power rankings, Richard. Um, can I ask, and I'm not trying to not answer your question yet. Are we talking about gun to the head? Who's going to win the World Cup, or are we? No, nah,
2: nah, best in the world right
0: now. Power rankings mm-hmm. right now. <sighs> I think probably on form. Gun to the head. Power. Uh, then Ireland, probably. I think I'd probably say You've Ireland. got your family. Right <laughs> Thanks. You're,
2: so, you're going on the plane home, too. you would
0: with the Flower Pogo. I'm a bit in fear of Jim right now. Um, yeah, I think Ireland. I still think France and then probably New Zealand and then South Africa could. South Africa is such a movable feast. They could move up and down very, very quickly. I think it's those top four. So Ireland, France, New Zealand, South Africa. Um, and then I think everyone else is a bit of a bit of a distance, I think. N- not a distance, but there's, there's a, on their day, they could win, but it's, I don't think it's that close. I think the second tier of then England, Australia, um, Wales, et cetera, I think are, are down that way. But the problem is on that side of the draw. The problem for the World Cup is that, in inverted commas, the good teams are all on one side of the draw. That, that's the problem. Because like new, new, new Zealand and France are in one group, you know, South Africa and Ireland are in another group. That's it's just you know, it's great, uh, but it's going to be very hard for to, to get to that final. Um, if I, um, but we'll see what happens. What about you, uh, Blake? Who's your number one for your power ranking? Uh,
2: gu- gun to my head, i there's no two horse race where I'm not picking New Zealand prior to kickoff. Still, I, I, I don't know if it's just years of trauma, I can't get over it. I still just think. I don't think they they've been coached that well. I think they lack consistency of selection. I just think they've got the most talented players. Um, I do I do question their top five, but I still think they've I still would pick New Zealand in in any
0: two horse
2: race on any given Sunday,
0: as they say. Well, let's jump because we've been a bit negative about, obviously, a few things. But power rankings-wise, it's a great weekend of rugby um, coming up. So, obviously, there's the Italy-South Africa game. So, we could probably see South Africa are going to win there. Uh, but the two big games are really England, New Zealand, and Ireland, Australia. Eddie Jones came out um, yesterday or the day before, said New Zealand are vulnerable. What an idiotic thing to say to a team just before you play them. Well done, Eddie. Uh, obviously, last he time stopped- we played… Oh, oh man. <laughs> you are, sorry?
1: It's his style. Yeah, I know. That's exactly it's, what he's doing.
0: Uh, obviously, the last time we played New Zealand was in obviously the World Cup semi final. Um, two very different teams, and obviously Ireland, Australia. Uh, what are your thoughts on who are going to win those games, boys?
2: I just said I'm back in New Zealand in only two horse race. So I guess I'm on the All Blacks. Um, and, mate, I'm, a, I'm an internal optimist, but we fucking love being consistently inconsistent. I imagine we'll lose
1: for a point in the 80th minute. Jim? Well, I don't know why all this steam's come for England. Last time I watched them play, they were a bit shit. I'm imagining the same thing come Sunday. So um, I'm going to go New Zealand on that one. And I actually think this might be a drubbing. End of the tour, last game, Ireland, got a soggy,
0: wet Guinness sale. It's not the last we're game, coming. mate. you still got, you still got Wales to play, mate.
2: We always beat Wales. You can bank on that. It's the last game, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Last drop um,
1: game. I can see he's getting
2: a oh. bit of a hiding here. Bit of a hiding. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that says this is if Ireland are out of puff or something, or they don't take you seriously. It, you can't really imagine where we're going to show up, but we are notoriously inconsistent. I'm going to say I you thought We get a
0: hiding against France. I'm going to say this now. It will be so Australia to uh, come and um, beat Ireland this weekend. It'd just be beat them for seventy-nine minutes. No, no, no. So I'm going to say you're going to win by. I reckon you. I'm going to say you're going to win this, even though I just said Ireland are number one. I just want to uh, just think the bizarre is going to happen. England. We
1: can't play. We can't play for eighty minutes, right? We can't even play for sixty minutes. Hmm. We struggle to get fifty together. Ireland definitely can play for longer than us. How many points do we have in a quick turnaround 10? It diminishes with each minute that goes by. If we score in the first five minutes,
2: maybe. Everything else, there's no way. Yeah. I mean, the one last two comments I'd say is the pleasing thing about the Wallabies is I think they're so frustrating because we're not far off it. If we were just getting spanked, um, which is one or two games this season, it would be, well, we're just shit. But I think the fact that um, most weeks we're incredibly competitive and we've beaten a lot of the top nations this year, New Zealand, South Africa, England, France, um, and ran lots of, lots of teams very, very close. Um, Did you beat you New Zealand, feel Zealand? Like we're close-
0: you beat New Zealand this year? Yeah,
2: no, I don't remember that. No. Uh, maybe last year. Well, there you go. We didn't meet New Zealand this year. Everyone else did except us. Uh, well, we fucking did except for that asshole with the time wasting. Um, I guess my point is we're not far off clicking, but I think we've been not far off clicking since 2015. So, you know, how much delusion is going on there in my mind? But I feel like that's the upside to the Wallabies, the potential, um, and you see that on Twitter, fans from other teams. is like, oh, beware the sleeping giant, the Wallabies they ever won the discipline count, they might actually, they might actually run some of these teams. This is my little bit of optimism there after shitting on them for, for 30 minutes today. Which well, is hated, but. The optimism almost hurts more, doesn't it? With a team to hate, that's for sure. Uh, I think it feels like that to everyone. Um, and then my last comment before I let your boys go, because you know, I'm trying to have a short stuff here, is just Dave Rennie. Um, I think we've gone finally gone hard on him on this podcast, which is always nice to pile on on the coach rather than the players for a change. Um, Royal commission on the way he's treated young tens, because you could argue Checker did nothing for young tens, but for Checker's entire reign, he pick and stick with Foley, um, who was arguably our best ten. Maybe an argument could have been made for Quade. He decided it was Foley. He pick and stuck. It was Foley's prime years. Fair enough. Rennie's come in with a gluttony of young 10s. I think we'd agree that none of them are ready, um, but he's given none of them the opportunity to be ready. Mm, it's
1: grooming, uh, isn't it? It's like the wrong
2: the wrong type of grooming. His treatment of Noah has been nothing short of disgraceful. So maybe that kid isn't quite good enough. I think he might be, but he only gets picked when we've got a weak team. He's never played with Karefi. He's never played... With Korobedi, he always gets a run when we've got a shit team or when we're playing one of the top dogs. He has been consistently not backed when all of our 10s are fit. So what is that telling him? What's that messaging? I I just feel like that kid has been absolutely crippled. And then I think you you texted it to me, Jim. What what did that do for Donaldson? How did that help this kid who won an under-20 World Cup Oh, I saw in schoolboy football, it is sensational. Had it coming on with two minutes to go, missing that kick help his development. Why? Would, what is going on with these decisions? I just, his treatment of young 10s, um, and it's a bit of hindsight, but it's, it's fucking deplorable, isn't it?
1: Absolutely.
2: So we're a year out from the World Cup and we've got a one-legged 40-year-old Quade and, uh, not <laughs> to it, and a not up to it Foley. And a totally down on confidence Noah. Like
1: and a sad hooper. Yeah,
2: you can't <laughs> you can't win a World Cup unless your 10 is arguably the best in the world. Um, and I don't think we've done the preparation to, to get us there. Any thoughts on that or just just leave that as a comment?
1: Look, a little, I, I think a little um, old QA. I, I just agree with you. Yeah it is it is a bit of a, an indictment on his mentoring and leadership.
2: But, um, and then I'll go one further with that with the nines key access to your whole team. Every fucking week, it's a different nine. What did Tate do to him? Did he kidnap his child? Why is that guy not playing? I don't understand. And then if it's Nick White that you take taking to the World Cup, he's older, we'll just pick him every fucking week and don't change it.
0: And the problem with the nines also is the fact that they all play very differently. So that, yeah, so that is a problem. Um, and you got to kind of stick and pick again, you go with what, what are you wanting? If you if you going to go with... It's un- with-
1: but it's un- unacceptable, mate. You're a professional player. We're playing this way.
2: But beyond that, you're a professional coach. Why are you changing them every week? If they're not fit enough to play week in, week out, well, that shouldn't be a professional rugby player and you should sack your strength and conditioning coach.
1: Well, it just tells you that he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah, I feel
2: like he's still experimenting and that's where we started the podcast. We've come full circle. What, what is this, tour? Is it an experiment? I don't think it is. I, I think Jake and Nick offer you the best like for like. Yeah, so maybe that's the thinking there.
0: I, I agree uh, with that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, All yeah. right. Well, I'm I think Jake washing the jerseys. <laughs> just washing it. It's got a nice haircut, though, yeah? Do, do you like that haircut? Or? Yeah, cut it cut <laughs> All right. Thanks, boys. We really appreciate the chat. It's a bit disappointing when we agree so much, so maybe next time we'll have to just uh, disagree. Well, we can
2: all agree the Women's World Cup was sensational and
0: we'll leave it there. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to, uh, uh, obviously, New Zealand for putting on a great tournament and, the, uh, obviously, the, uh, the women's team that won. So congratulations. All right. Thanks, boys. Have a great day, all right? See you, mate.